Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Please hang up and try again. Frosty one and scoot the chair up next to the computer and it's time for kayak fishing radio. I'm Chip Gibson, tree hugger, and uh we're just uh it's eight o'clock Thursday night, November sixth. It's like it's November and I think everybody in the Western United States and us and probably the Northeast are getting ready for some cold wind to be blowing this way. So, but welcome aboard, and let's see. All right, let's see if this works here. You are going. Your mic is hot, and here's your intro. Check one, two, three, four, five. Hey, hey. And it sounds like rock star sound there coming out of you. Can you hear me now? I can hear you loud and clear. Imagine that. You know, the funny <laughs> thing is, after the move, after the move, I, I misplaced uh, my my headset here, and I went out into the garage to look through a couple of totes that I haven't unpacked yet. And when I found uh, found the computer headset tangled up in the Velcro uh, for the headset cord was a three pack bag of DOA shrimp, and I said to myself, "This is a sign from God." <laughs> yeah, he said, here's your headset back, and thanks for letting me use it. Here's a pack of uh, DOA shrimp for you. There you go. He's a great dude, man. <laughs> you know, every now and then just comes across unexpectedly, so it works out well. Ah. So, welcome aboard. How have you been, man? Uh, more joy than words can possibly express. Uh, all done moving. Uh Settled into the new place and uh, got the uh, kayak out of the garage again, which is a good thing. And hopefully now between moving in the back, hopefully it'll settle down quick and get back out on the water. So I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Of course, it's not the best time of the year to be fishing, but I don't know. Well, it's not bad down here, man. Really? Give us some reports. Tell us what's going on. West Coast and sunny Florida, folks folks have been doing real well on redfish, trout, and snook. Uh, some folks are actually catching some tarpon, and in my particular area, remember we've got the power plant. Uh-huh. I was down at the Manatee, I was down at the Manatee Viewing Center the last two days, and saw 
bunches of juvenile tarpon and several over 100 pounds, probably two or three that I would estimate over 150, a couple of nice big fish in there. Uh, so, you know, as the, as the Tampa Bay waters cool, uh, some of those fish, I think the cobia should be moving that way in the near future, but some of those fish will be kind of moving into a little bit warmer water around the outlet of the Big Bend right. Power Station. And that, uh, that's a target of opportunity I've missed over the past couple of years, but I, I plan to do some uh, some exploring out there this year. I may even, I may even uh, go so far as to throw some Oh, hey, dude, that day we were out there chasing those guys around. I wish I would have had a big old, a couple of big old pinfish in a bucket, man. Exactly right. Exactly right. So, <laughs> I mean, I mean, those were some big cobia chasing those manatees out of there. So, yep, and the manatees, there are a bunch of the manatees in, and I've got my sabiki rod. Uh, there found, you go. Not, found, found a sabiki rod at a pawn shop. Nice uh, for, for for five bucks. Uh, so um, little little did the inventors of the sabiki rod know that that would be a key element in kayak fishing yeah, to be really. able to use because that like really allows you to use sabiki rigs on a kayak. Otherwise, yeah, I've, yeah I've done it with a with a Cuban yo-yo. You know, with a little for those of you who don't know with it, it's a little round uh, yeah, plastic reel with a uh, with stuff. Well, Listeners might not know, with line oh, kind yeah. of wrapped around it, a little hand fishing thing. Uh-huh. Hand uh huh. Hand reel. And let me tell you what it is. Um, it is hmm. challenging at best to get things, you know, unraveled. And then if you got, you know, you got four good sized pinfish on the sabiki that you're trying to unravel, you've got the yo-yo up over your head trying to get enough of the line clear to flip them off. And um, I am, I am looking forward to uh, the sabiki rod experience. I must say. Yes. Definitely. And, and I mean, that is just, I mean, the last time we were there down there by the power plant, that was just like, golly, I wish we had more time to spend there and just yep. work it and figure it out, you know? Yep. Wow. But they're there. And, uh, and those tarpon don't get there by osmosis or by teleportation. They have no. to come through the areas you can fish and there's only one way in and one way out. So, yeah. Uh, and you, and you just uh, got to, you got to pattern them and see what they do because they they certainly I can't imagine those fish just hang out there the whole time. You know, I know the manatees go in there and park it, you know, like snowbirds in their RVs. You know, but <laughs> right. And that's about what it looks like down there, man. It does, it. man. And if <laughs> they're just all bumper to bumper in there, um, you can just about walk across the one. The first day we went down there. Uh, wasn't with you. It was just you know we were visiting the area, and I went down. We were at the overlook there, and I just it just looked like you could walk across on the backs of all the manatees. They were just solid That's from crazy, one side to the other. Yeah, and uh, so but yeah, the fish have got to move in and out of there, you know, and especially if they're if they're generating and the warm water is going out, you know that there's got to be something right there, you know, that's doable for a kayak. Right, and that warm water current, you know, runs right out that boating channel, and uh-huh. you've got flats on both sides, so they got to be there. Well, we know they are. You see them in there. Yeah, well, that's, that's true. <laughs> like I said, it's magic. That's right. I think we've got. That's right. It's and and joining us now from the Great White North of New Jersey. Burr. Hey, Matt. 
Good evening, Chip. What's going on? All right, Mr. Becker's with us tonight, too. Hey, Greg, how you doing, man? Doing all right, man. An in-person happy belated birthday. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Thank you, thank you. It's um, cold. <laughs> ooh, yeah, dude. I haven't even looked at the weather map here. It's been damp and rainy here all day today. It hasn't broke the 50s. We had a bit of uh we had a bit of uh rain this morning. It was kind of uh it was just drizzly, you know, as the cold front came through, but uh it wasn't a big deal. Now this evening though, as the back of the front crosses over us, the winds are picking up, so Uh huh, the back of the front. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Tonight we're supposed to drop down to 38. Tomorrow we're up in the 60s, sunny and clear. Friday we're night and we're dropping down in the 30s. What's a weekend look like for here? Sounds Arctic like we got about the same can... weather, just won't get as warm. Yeah. We got yeah, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We got, you know, starting off the day little bit chilly, nippy at, uh, you know, 35 to 40 degrees and getting up in the mid-60s during the day when the sun comes up. So, But no rain or anything like that scheduled. It's a big temperature swing there. Yeah, it is. Yeah, we get 30, 40 degrees during the day this time of year. Start off. <laughs> <laughs> Layers, right? Layers, that's the key. That's it. Did you get did you get to go fishing last weekend or last week, Matt? Last Thursday? Yeah, I went out Thursday night. It was a nice Thursday was a nice night. Yeah. Um nothing doing on Thursday, so I heard they were doing good off the beach. So I figured I'd try it again on Friday and um well Friday the the, the front moved in while I was out there and I got that cold rain that it's so windy when it hits you in the face it hurts. <laughs> That's called sleet, brother. <laughs> Those are ice needles, man. <laughs> it was raining, but it, it was it was just so windy that it it hurt when it hit you. And um, oh. I was it was wind with the tide, and I was drifting about five five and a half knots. And I uh, <laughs> I say thank God for my torpedo on that one. <laughs> yeah, there's no way I was paddling in if I had to paddle. Yeah, that's not drifting. That's sailing. Yeah. Yeah. So Friday night was was not fishable. Thursday night was slow. Um, I actually didn't. I got skunked so both nights. <laughs> That's unfortunate. I like that. I got I got skunked. It was slow. So, yeah. <laughs> I had one runoff on Thursday. That was it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it must have been a nice fish because here's the thing: the weekend before I was fishing for tautog, and that's all bridge and wreck fishing. So, you know, I didn't think about it, but I should have took about 30 feet of line off my reel from rubbing up against those pilings. Uh-huh. And, and that runoff I had, the line oh. snapped on me. Man. So, I, I'm sure that's what it was from, fighting those tog that were, you know, getting in the rocks and the, the braid rubbing up against all those nice sharp muscles and barnacles on the bridge pilings. And you just kind of heard... Just like that. 
Oh, yeah, just like that. Boom. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> yeah. So I have to see where's I. I need something like a you know Mr. Science kind of intro fanfare something like that. But I mean, yeah. There's there's a pointer for folks listening to the podcast. If you've not done much kayak fishing, not done much fishing around structure. After you get, I mean, that stuff gets all frayed out. Keep an eye on it and take it out. Like you said, you know, thirty feet or so, just pull it off of the line and discard of it appropriately. Not just toss it overboard. And actually, in Florida, I've noticed most of the places now they have the you know, put your old fishing line here kind of. Uh, receptacles uh, for recycling it and stuff, but uh, but yeah, you got to rip some off there, man, to get that get that weak stuff because it doesn't take much, and a big fish can come on button quick. So. Oh yeah, it was literally um, about ten seconds after I set the hook and, and started uh, started my sleigh ride. <laughs> yeah, the first crank, I was it was tick tick tick. Boom. I was like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, excuse me. Some uh, other disturbing news from up in that area. And uh, just a good example of where your uh, PFD, I think they found a kayaker back washed up shore. That... Uh, yep. No yeah, PFD. Yeah, in Virginia, right? Yeah, down in Virginia. On the body of a kayak, no PFD on the body when they found it. So, but I mean, you're not, one in the boat. Yeah, I bet the, bet it was stuffed up uh, under a bunch of board. Well, you got to have it with you, right? Got to have it on. Yeah, got to have it on for it to work. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I, I hear the first. There's typically uh, one or two in the spring, and now we're starting yeah. to see them in the fall. So. You know, well, you know those are guys out there fishing. They ain't out there sightseeing. Yeah, and I mean, you know, it's like it's frustrating because it's like uh, you know, I mean, you see people losing their lives, and it's like, what do you have to do to to get them? All you got to do is put the PFD on, and it's not like we're wearing these old May West, you know, <laughs> think. You know things from World War Two. You know that you can't move around in and stuff. I mean, the modern <laughs> PFD is something that you can put on and fish all day and never know you've got it on. You know, in fact, the modern PFD actually is a nice accessory vest. Really, I mean, it it gives you pockets to put gear in and stuff like that. Things that you might need yeah, have, if you went overboard. <laughs> unless you're using one of those ten dollar orange ones that uh, that tie behind you. And you got the whole yeah, thing right it. in front. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, the I one... don't understand what message we have to send. I mean, is, do we have to go to the extent that they've done with cigarette smoking and start showing, you know, pictures of, of dead, bloated bodies and people not wearing, you know, like they show the pictures of the, the, right. uh, the cancer-ridden lungs and stuff like that on TV to make the impression? Is that what we have to do to get the message across to people that something this simple is really a life and death decision. Well, and, it, and it's so important. I've recovered, yeah. Recovered more than my share of bodies over the years, and 
you know, there have been a couple, I, I will say that, you know, water, water related events that TNC would not have made a difference, but by right. far, you know, nobody ever goes, nobody ever starts their day by saying, I'm going to go out and drown today. No. Uh, so, you know, if it were, well, I shouldn't say nobody, but most people don't. And it's, I think it's just a mindset thing, but I don't, I obviously don't know how to communicate it to the point where it's effective, you know. You can't just go around and slap everybody. So well. just carry your carry your little robe, you know, and your bamboo stick, and as you walk around, you know, just visit the kayak launch areas around your area. And as people get ready to launch and they don't have their PFD on, you hit them upside the head with that bamboo stick and say, you know, maybe maybe you should think about this. <laughs> Let me see if I can bring you to enlightenment. There. Um, I don't know. I don't know. These people, they, they don't realize because, really, that, like you said before, you, I'll be out fishing in the dead of summer when the sun's beating on me, and I forget I'm wearing the thing. I mean, if you're not hot, I just don't get it. The, the, the modern PFDs are the way to go. You know, if you want to be comfortable, spend over $100 on a PFD, and you'll be happy. You won't even know you're wearing it, you know? Yep. But if you need it, you will have it on. And I mean, and you know, this time, this this day and age too. I mean, at this time of year, you've got, you know, the water's starting to cool down, and you know, if you're in you're in cold water, you ain't gonna be able to tread water very long, not long at all. No, nah, nah, you're doing. You're up here in Virginia and North. I mean, I, uh, on Friday I was out. It, it was. It was pretty chilly out. The water is 56 degrees, right? I stick my hand in the water. The water feels warm. <laughs> yeah. It, it's not. It's not warm. No. So the combined air temperature with the, the water temperature, you're going to be hyperthermic pretty quick. Yeah. But just, so, is it worth, is it, I, I don't know if you have something else planned for Tech Talk tonight, but is it worth morphing this conversation into a brief review of the different types of PFDs that are out there and, and how to wear them properly and how to use them properly? Uh oh, cue up that gear talk music. <laughs> Here it comes. We're just going to morph right into it. Tech talk. PFDs. You said morph. Mash it up, right? Isn't that the new lingo? There you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, the rules. Let's start first, just like I do in any kind of process improvement review I do. Let's see what requires us. Why do we have to do this? Do we even have to do it? Well, yeah, pretty much. I don't think there's a jurisdiction anywhere in the United States that says that doesn't have a rule that in any watercraft, I'm not talking, you know, I mean, here, okay, so here's a good story. Uh, Jimbo Meter. Anybody who's been around native watercraft knows who Jimbo Meter is. Uh, reported to be the the the, the behind the uh, uh, Forrest Gump legend, right? Jimbo, great uh, nautical engineer. Lots to do with the hulls and everything. So he's out on a kind of a paddleboard, a stand-up paddleboard. The DNR guys stop him and say, hey, you don't have a PFD on. So 
the story is that Jimbo says, well, I'll paddle back and get one. And he's, you know, this is just in the intercoastal area and stuff. And uh, they're like, no, you can't, you can't do that. You don't have a PFD on. So he decides then just real quick, he figures it out. He just jumps in the water and swims and paddles the board back, but swims the board back to the beach. But there's, there's rules. I mean, the, everywhere you go, I mean, what's, what's the rule in Florida, Greg? Well, for kayaks and canoes, you have to have – it depends what the type of PFD you have. You have to at least possess a PFD. Mm-hmm. If you have uh, the class of PFD that provides flotation no matter what you do, uh, you know, be it the old orange type or any of the newer, you know, Stolquist or Astral or any of the other dozen outstanding PFD manufacturers, a non-inflatable, naturally buoyant PFD – you have mm-hmm. to possess it in the boat. If you have one of the inflatables, uh, either the belt pipe or the pipe that you wear over your shoulders, you must wear it anytime you're you're in the boat or in the water. Okay, that's the rule. What's up? How about up there in Jersey, Matt? Uh, I think it's if you're under 13, you have to wear it. But other than that, it has to be on board your boat. Okay. Uh, one per one per person aboard. And I believe it's under twelve or thirteen that that the uh, it's mandatory for the child to be wearing it. So there's, yeah, there's no mandatory to have a, a PFD on unless you're below a certain age limit. I think. Let me look real quick. Um, oh, I'm gonna put the right one in there. Let's see what's it say here. Um, We have a lot of folks wind up uh, hung up in snags along the Chattahoochee River as they start generating from the dam up at the lake, and the water comes down in about a two- to four-foot wave. And folks who are just sitting along the banks, you know, fishing out of their john boat or their kayak, and they may have themselves tied off or have a small drag chain under. When that wave hits them, it capsizes them, upsets the boats. And uh, you know they're they're washed downstream, and you know when you hit the snag and your head's underwater, it's not very good. I just saw one the other day with a actually it was a uh, it was yeah. a whitewater thing where the guy got his head trapped between the rocks. And they had to they had to unwedge him from the rocks there. But let's oh. see what it says. Yeah. Right, that, that goes with the thing getting trapped between a rock and a hard place, huh? Yeah, right. So, anyways, um, PFD categories. So there's there's some different types, right? There's the type one, which is an offshore jacket for extended survival in rough and open water. You go offshore at night, man. You should be wearing one of those, Matt. But one of the things that people don't realize is adults. Uh, you need about seven to twelve pounds. Uh, let's see, what do they say? The extra one is the standard cushion is like 18 pounds, a boat cushion, and a ring buoy uh, is 16 and a half pounds per U.S. Coast Guard categories, right? And that for adults, to keep your head above water, you need about a 22, 22 pounds of flotation. And 
after you know, so you figure uh, you're trying to tread water, and you don't have that fl- that vest on. You're not going to stay. You're going to stay up. Inflatable life jackets. Those things are really nice. There's some pluses and minuses. You know, there's the auto inflators. Um, I don't know if an auto inflator would work very well in a kayak. I don't know. We, I've heard auto any? inflators auto inflate when it's raining out. So yeah, well, it, depends, it depends on the type. Um, okay. The old ones, if, if it's worth talking about how they activate, there, there's sure. two types of inflatables. There's either uh, a manual one or an automatic slash manual one. Every every inflatable PSD can be activated manually. They're, for the most part, powered by a small CO2 cartridge, a carbon dioxide cartridge, that when you pull a lever, it pushes a little pin into the CO2 cartridges, opening it and allowing the CO2 to escape into the, into the chamber, the air chamber or chambers of the PSD, causing it to inflate. In the older style auto-inflate unit, the way they did that was they had a spring-loaded pin that, that's held away from the, you know, the carbon dioxide cartridge, and it's held away by a little dissolvable tablet. And when that dissolvable tablet gets wet, uh, it does what it's supposed to do and dissolves and allows the, allows the pin to puncture and automatically inflate. So, yes, you're right. In a heavy rain, some of those would sometimes uh, inflate. The more current ones do it with either um, – a, a different formulation of dissolvable pen in tablet. It's not like an Alka-Seltzer anymore. It's a little bit more reliable. Or there are ones now that actually do it by water pressure. You have to actually have water pressure. Uh, it senses the differential between atmospheric pressure and water pressure in order to activate the device. So hmm. a lot of the older and the first ones that came out, yes, they're true. It's true. There were a lot of false inflations, especially when it, uh, you know, when it was raining or if you were launching a surf or things like that, you, you know, you look like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man for a couple seconds after it, uh, it blows up on you. But uh, some of the newer devices, especially the Mustang uh, and uh, U.S. Survival and a couple of those, the technology has improved greatly both in the tablets and in the, uh, in the water pressure sensing devices. Okay. Yeah, I just uh, pulled up the uh, Florida regulations, FWC, minimum required safety equipment for Class A recreational vehicles less than 16 feet. Or 4.9 meters for you metric fans, uh, or canoes and kayaks. So, a canoe or kayak, I guess, can be longer than 16 feet, but it's a Class A recreational vehicle. The personal flotation devices has to have one approved type one, two, or three for each person on board or being towed on water skis. I don't do that in my kayak, but um, a type one, two, or three. Type one is the the offshore jacket. That's a big jacket. That's for rough stuff. Yeah. Number two is a nearshore buoyant vest, and type three is a flotation aid, and that's kind of the uh, that's the, the Coast Guard standard for yeah for pretty much everybody, right? Well, when you get down to a type three, the thing about a type three is is it won't they generally uh, they're for use in calm water where there's fast rescue opportunities. Because they typically won't turn an unconscious person face up in the water. And that's the big deal. That's the thing. The the type 1 and type 2, most of those will turn an unconscious person face up in the water. And that's that's really, you know, when I see people without vests on, they just got them thrown in the back of the boat and stuff. It's like, well, you know, the water's only three feet deep. 
Yeah. But, you know, you can drown in your bathtub if you fall and hit your head, <laughs> you know. You yeah. you fall out of the kayak, and that's typically when people are going to fall out of the kayak in flat water and shallow waters or standing up, and they do something goofy, and they trip, fall, and uh, land in an oyster bed or something like that, knock themselves out. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know what we have to do to get the point across to people to wear their PFDs, you know, and... Certainly, you know, with if you've with a kid, it says here, uh, Class A. Every person on board under the age of six must wear an approved Type One, Two, or Three while the vessel is underway. And I know, I know from fishing with you, Greg. And I, I was the same way the the whole time when Brad was. And actually, Brad's under sixteen. You know, once he turn, actually he's under eighteen. Once he turns eighteen, he can he can do much. You know, be stupid on his own. But I'm not going to be responsible for him now. While he's under, while he's with me, he's going to wear a PFD the whole time, and it will be zipped up, buttoned up, so that it would be useful that it won't float off of him if he drops out of the boat. And I mean, Brad swims like a fish. I mean, he's he's been in swimming lessons and swimming competitions and stuff since he was a little bitty guy. But you can swim all you want. If you're knocked down unconscious, face down in the water, you don't have gills. Well, I saw. Sorry. I was just going to say, that's part of the deal. I mean, I'm, I was a, a swift water rescue swimmer when I was, you know, doing the fire service thing in New York. Um, lots of swimming experience, lots of swimming time, and we always wore, obviously, PFDs in the rescue operations. But part of it with me, especially when, with fishing with Robert, uh, and before Robert and I started fishing together, uh, I, I did wear uh, occasionally a, uh, the, um, a Class 5, you know, inflatable. Or a type five, right. um, but I started wearing, you know, a uh, type three all the time with Robert because um, even if it, if something happens to me, you know, medical emergency, whatever, and I wind up in the water, I I don't think that Robert is strong enough to get me out of the water if I'm face down, but he can certainly turn me over, and we've done that. We've we've practiced. Okay, here's how here's how you turn somebody over to get them face up in the to at least, you know, buy a little time after you push the panic button on the radio. Mm-hmm. Um, and, that's, and that's the big thing. You know, I really don't think that we're overthinking it when we say that people need to consider that things are not going to go the way they plan. You know, nobody has insurance because they want to have a fire or they want to have an accident. Nobody has a fire extinguisher because they want to have a fire. I mean, when it comes down to it, people don't have drills because they want to have drills. I, I, you know, uh, electric drills because they want to have electric drills. People have electric drills because they want to have holes. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when you when you take it a step further than what your plans are and look at what could happen, it, it really isn't that. It, 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 at least in my mind, it becomes a lot simpler very quickly. But. Yep. And I just look, okay, so this month, if you're signed up, with the newsletter, the monthly newsletter that Austin Kayak, which is just an example of a retailer uh, that handles a lot of kayak fishing uh, equipment, they're, they've got, oh, my goodness, here. There's a grid of 4, 8, 12, 16, 20, 24, 28 different PFDs ranging from the most expensive, the Stolquist Descent Rescue Life Jacket. This is a fast water, you know, this is a rescue 
rescue uh, wearer's jacket. It's uh, $229.99 to the least... Oh, that's the one where the Coast Guard uh, drops you out of the helicopter to go get people, right? You wear that one? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean... Uh, it's a it's a it's a professional jacket for two hundred twenty nine bucks, or you don't. I mean, if if you're one of those gear guys and you got to have the best, the most expensive. But here's the Harmony Kickback Quadura Life Jacket PFD. It's on sale for fifty nine ninety six. Right. Uh, you can get a Procaster Extra Sport Procaster. These are all low cut mesh back. Uh, the high back uh, for using in a kayak, so they're comfortable. You probably never know that you have this thing on. The Astral Camino 200 Life Jacket. It's been discontinued, but they've got a few of them on sale. They're regularly $130 or listed for $99.96. And if you, if, like I said, if you subscribe to their monthly thing, this month they got a 20% off discount coupon for any of their any of their products. So, I mean. Here you, you got a the Stolquist Fisherman High Back Life Jacket. That's the one I wear. That's that's a hundred bucks minus twenty percent. You're down to eighty bucks. You know you're down to eighty dollar life jacket. That's comfortable. You can wear. I know the those uh, new. What are they? The uh, the Stolquists are nice. The Astrals. Um, what is that one? Yeah, that that makes a nice fishing one. Who's that? MTI. They yeah. make a real nice fishing one. It's got a lot of pockets. It's got a little pocket for your radio to put in there. You have your little antenna sticking out. Yep. It's pretty nice. Hey, what a great idea, too, to have your emergency communications device on you, With you. when you go overboard, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Not not tied down to the kayak somewhere. Let's see. How fast did you say your boat was drifting with the current and the wind? Five, five knots? Five and a half knots. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There goes my radio, right? Yeah. Good luck yeah, trying to catch this way. that. I I would drift a quarter mile in about a minute, and then yeah. with the torpedo to go make a new drift, it would take me six minutes <laughs> to get back, right? To your starting yeah. point. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh my god. All right. So <laughs> it's not a big deal. I'm oh, sorry. It's worth saying that a lot of this might sound really preachy and, you know, might come across as a little bit holier than that of the guys who, and the guys and girls, whoever, who who say, yeah, it's in the boat because the law requires it, but I just don't need it. I don't want it. I don't want to do it. All well and good. That's fine. Uh, at least from where I sit, I, I, I do not think I'm better than anybody else because I wear my PFD all the time and I make my kid wear his PFD all the time and I rag on anybody I'm fishing with if they don't wear their PFD all the time. That's not what it's about for me. I've just seen too many people, um, adults and kids, whose whose outcomes could have been much different if they had taken the time to do something as simple as putting on the PFD. And that's mm-hmm. what it's about for me. Because I've knocked yep. on those doors, I've, I've pulled them to the shore, um, put them in the bags, and it's just—it's not fun. It's not fun. And you don't—you only change your life; you change everybody's life around you. So, it's—it's it's a little investment for a lot of return. Absolutely. I mean, you probably—I don't know. You know, we should probably look into you know how often you should replace your PFD. You know, I mean, I know I've 
Brad's got he's gotten so big now that uh his PFD is he probably needs one a little bit bigger. He weighs a little bit more now. He used to wear a smaller vest and uh the last time we went out he wore my vest, so and I had a, another one. But uh you know, how often should you replace it? Is it like your your mattress, you know, that gets full of skin cells and chiggers and all that other stuff, you know? I don't know. But, you know, where does it start breaking down, you know, the materials inside, UV rays and the elements and salt water and all that kind of stuff. So we should probably check that out for another Tech Talk episode. But, hey, that was a great idea. And Tech Talk, PFD's unfortunate accident this week in the news, finding a kayaker uh, who lost his life, and unfortunately he didn't have a PFD on. Might not have been the cause but certainly could have been different, a different story if, if if the individual, there might have been a different outcome had he been wearing that. So, cool. Great idea, Greg. Thanks for that. That was cool. Yeah, we had a kayak, kayaker yeah. rescued offshore here um, in the beginning of the week. Uh, he just caught the tide and uh, the wind, and he couldn't get back. And he said his, his pedal broke on his boat, too, so he couldn't paddle oh. back fast enough. Yeah. So, uh, oh, yeah. He uh, he got on his cell phone and called his buddy on the beach. He called 911, and before he knew it, there was uh, uh, two Coast Guard boats, a cutter, a helicopter, uh, five police boats, fire engines on the beach. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> Anything worth doing worth overdoing. Yeah, that's yeah. right, man. It's worth doing 30 times. Yeah, he had everybody there. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. Everything in excess. Moderation is for money. That's right, man. <laughs> Well, they had those those two women that that got attacked by the shark, where the shark hit them, and they called, and uh, they had all the, they were on the nine one one call and stuff. People carrying their phones now and stuff. That's, but the problem is, if you don't have it on you, if you don't have a way to stay afloat, and all right, well, enough of kicking that one. Um, but I, what you else? know what? The only thing is, is I, I was yeah. glad I'm glad I'm noting that guy because when you go back into the beach, the uh, the walk of shame, I'm sure. <laughs> was yeah, right? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. That shouldn't have been there, right? Okay. Cool. Um, I noticed, I saw some other, some, that one little uh, email thing that we get. Was it Inshore Fisherman or the Fisherman? Something like that. The fish. Ah, I can't remember it now, but. There was some interesting stuff this week, uh, fishing along the coast, some interesting stuff going on, but uh, it's going to get cold. I saw a thing on the, uh, it was on uh, some survival thing that these guys do, it's like Dude, You're Screwed is the name of the TV show, it's like all these uh, guys, it's a bunch of buds from the military, different special ops groups and stuff, and they, they take turns you know, taking one of their buddies and throwing them out like this one, this one guy, they, they took him and, uh, put him in a raft with minimal survival equipment. And then they popped a hole in his raft and he wound up drifting and he was right off of Sugarloaf Key. There's Marvin Key, about eight miles to the west of Sugarloaf in the, it was, you know, one of those key islands that there wasn't anything there. And it was, Late in the summer, early fall, I guess, when they did this, but the guy decided, and he said it, his own self, 
well, you know, I should just bi- build a big signal fire, but I'm going to try building a raft and get in the water. It goes against all of my training that I should just sit sit tight, build a signal fire, and wait for somebody to come to me, but I'm going to get in the water. The water temp was 70 degrees, and within two and a half hours of being in the water, and this is this is Florida. This is the Florida Keys. We're not, we're not a couple of minutes off of the equator here. The water temperature is 70 degrees. His body temperature had gone down to, uh, I think he, they said it was 90, 96.8, 96.7. So he was he was getting hypothermic in 70 degree water in Florida after being in, uh, he'd been in the water for a couple of hours, and that's probably not. A hard stretch if you're down fishing in one of the remote areas of the Keys or the Everglades or something like that. You have an accident, you can wind up being in the water that long. But it's getting cold out there. Wear the appropriate gear. If you don't have to be in the water, don't get in the water. (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to be in the water, but you never know. (laughs) No, you never know, right? So you might as well be prepared, right? So who's fishing? Where, where's where, who's fishing this weekend? Are we doing any fishing this weekend? Well, with the uh, well, front I'm down not. here, it's going to depend on the weather. Um, uh-huh. We're thinking about uh, on Saturday, but it's supposed to get a little breezy again. It was downright nautical here last weekend with uh, with the front that came through, um, but uh, and with you know with the recovery from the move and everything else, we're just uh, in quiescent mode here. But uh, you know, me getting down to the down and looking at those fish in the in the, uh, the power plants really got me my attention kind of focused on that. So I may try to get out uh, depending on the depending on the weather on Saturday. Sunday's supposed you know, to uh, may rain as well, so we'll see. It's one of the things I know. Like Matt, what's what's usually the visibility of the water where you're fishing at? Like how, uh, how you deep mean water clarity or distance? Yeah, you can see. clarity. Yeah. Oh, summertime. It's less than three feet. Uh-huh. Uh, it, it, it varies, three, three to four feet, sometimes five. It all depends on what comes in with the ocean. But in the wintertime, you could see down like about 10 feet. Right. You get really clear water um, this time of year. Yeah, this is having had folks, you know, show up and meet us down in Florida to fish from your area, Virginia, other areas. It just sucks in Florida because you can see so far into the water. <laughs> And when you can see these fish, you can see big giant fish swimming by you, and you throw things at them, and you hit them with their with the bait, and nothing, <laughs> and they don't even turn around and you know flip you off or anything like that. They just they just keep swimming. Uh, that was a, that was a bad day. I I do I mean, kind of know that feeling um, up here with um, one of the reservoirs up here is a very clear water lake, and uh, you you can see largemouth bass down like 20 feet deep and uh you just run your jigs right past them they don't even flinch (laughs) yeah all right i guess that fish ain't hungry today (laughs) i know i was i I was fishing in uh we we'd gone out to colorado and i carried a travel rod with me and so we stopped one day we were you know cruising around and there was a beautiful stream and i was licensed appropriately and i get down on the stream and oh my god there's just some beautiful trout just hanging in this one little eddy and i could just see them there you know and 
set the drift up, dry fly, nothing. You know, the second time they go by, you know, I see the trout rise, and then he just just ignores it, just drops back down, you know, and it's like these fish probably had seen so many flies in their life that they just didn't care anymore, <laughs> you know. But it was like yeah. try to a sinking line, no, no, they just just totally ignore it. You just try to spinning rod, little spinning rod, throw it something in, trying to hit them, you know. It's like dang. Batteries is not where your fluorocarbon is tr- tied to your braid. <laughs> yeah, no, man. It's terrible. Like that. Right. So. All right. Well, we're not, I'm not going to be able to fish this weekend. We've got uh, Veterans Day weekend upon us, and Bradley being in the, inter, uh, the ROTC, Junior ROTC unit, they've got parades to do and all that, so I'm a shuttle bus captain, I think, for the weekend. Um but that's all right. Uh, we are planning uh, a trip to Sugarloaf Key uh, in December. Thanksgiving's coming up, but I think I'm probably going to go over to Alabama, spend some time with my dad, and maybe do a little bit of fishing in the pond, in the lake there that he lives on. It will be cold probably, but not that bad. Dress appropriately. You got you got any fishing left in you up there, Matt, or is it just getting too cold, man? Are the stripers running? I do, but I I do, but I unfortunately I I have to go down and uh, help my dad winterize his boat this weekend. So it's, it's a full day event, so it just kind of ixnays my fishing for the weekend. Right. But I'm right. shooting for next weekend to to go back down to Delaware and do some tog fishing down there on the Cape Penelope break wall. Nice. That's a bucket list thing for me. So supposedly they get some big fish off that thing. So. We'll see. All right. Well, how about do it for me this weekend or tonight? We got it's about time for homework checking and all that kind of stuff. And Mr. Becker, glad to see you alive and well. I was I recalled all of the assets I sent out to locate you, and um, glad that you're moved in and everything's calming down for you. Hope to see you back out on the water pretty soon, Matt. You stay warm. And, uh, Thanks. I'll try. <laughs> and we'll do it again next week, huh? Sounds good. All right. This is Kayak Fishing Radio on Monday. Chuck kicks it off with the the Redfish Chuck Monday night kickoff. Uh, Tuesday nights, uh, we don't have a show anymore. But Wednesday, it's kind of intermittent uh, with the uh, uh, Wheeler's uh, wife being uh, moving around and stuff right now, but uh, he should uh, be back online here with the uh, low sodium show, and we'll do it again next Thursday night. So, thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, we well too. He just had surgery too. So. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, hope he's uh, feeling better and gets a chance to listen, and we'll we'll uh, we send him all the best wishes. So, we'll see you guys next week. Kayak Fishing Radio, tight lines, take a kid fishing, and wear your PFD, right? Good night, guys.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.